Okay, we're off. Okay, uh, welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, season two. So season one was really short. There's three of us today. The summer edition. The summer edition, <laughs> we're kicking it off uh, live, not really live, at <laughs> the Celtic Corner rooftop patio in Dartmouth. Unfortunately, Travis couldn't make it because he is with his mom today. It's Mother's Day. That's really nice. My mom's real far away, so she's... I'm not with her, and she's not on the podcast. But we do have some guest stars today. Hi. Kaylee. What's your name? (laughs) What's your name, Kaylee? Do I need, like, a DJ name for being on the radio? Hey, dog. If you want. Yeah, old trout here. Uh, (laughs) Old what? No, we're not bringing that back. Oh, okay. Interesting. Done. Story for another day. And Madsen, who is reluctantly maybe participating. Yes. He's just going to be be doing a peanut gallery comments. I will be drinking the beer while you guys (laughs) relax. Take notes. Fiona, even though I might not be in this class, but I'll read for you guys anyways. That's cool. So we're going to read Trade as Architecture public realming through tangible economies by Catherine Bum, I think you pronounce so that's how that's pronounced with like the umlaut on there Bum, bum. or Bum, bum. <laughs> I don't know I didn't do any background research on her so you'll have to do your own homework um, but the theme this week is community I believe Yeah. there's communes. some stuff on communes which y'all know I'm a bit of a hippie so I'm excited about that um but yeah, let's just get right into it. So trade is architecture, public realming through tangible economies. I am an artist with an interest in, in architecture and economy as two realms where our sense of possible societal and commoning relations are shaped through everyday activities. Even though I work and present myself as an artist, I pr- prefer to think of myself as a builder or a dealer who acts within and across everyday situations and whose work has set out to extend collective practices of spatial and economic production. I use the term public space in relation to its use, accessibility, and the collective claims made on it, and therefore in its broadening meaning of being a space that is open to the general public with numerous access points and low thresholds. In this chapter, economic activities are regarded as a means to reproduce public space and architecture is understood as the socio-spatial structures we inhabit and model. Neither are third-party provisions or remote concepts, but public, public realms, which we shape and influence through the ways we organize action and cultural interaction. The making of space and the running of our economy are things we are involved in on an everyday basis. I have chosen to write about three particular projects by my villages in which Practices of collective production and forms of trade are means to extend and create localized public realms. These public spaces are networked and interlinked with publics elsewhere, for instance, a rural community in a different country, or the quote-unquote art world at the other end of town. The drink shown in figure 12.1 are the bottled outcomes of a new community enterprise called Company Movements, Deals, and Drinks. Company. Uh, the range of beverages include eight different sodas, one DIY cola, a green hot beer, and several cordials. The ingredients were picked 
and made by different groups and communities who live in the East London borough of Barking and Dagenham. The drinks were produced between March and September 2015, traded in the autumn with the profits reinvested to further develop and grow this public endeavor. Company connects East London's history of going fruit and hop picking in Kent with the setup of a new community drinks enterprise. The traditional hopping epoch spans from roughly 1850 to 1950 with mainly women and children spending the late summer months on farms to pick hops, get fresh air, and to earn extra money. Company revisits this history through revitalizing and altering practices of communal picking and drinks, production and trade. For more details, see this website, www.company.info. Hmm. There's no .com there? All right. Um, <laughs> Next section. Let's wait for these motorcycles to go by. <laughs> so obnoxious. In figure 12.2, the women on the steps in front of the communal House of the Farm Woman in the village of Burkark in southern Germany are from nearby and from faraway places such as Berlin, Budapest, Oslo, Paris, Breswa, London, and Rotterdam. The group met for a two-day mixed program on rural women's economies as part of the ongoing Hoffer Goods project, which is linked to the broader activities of the eco-nomadic school. Hoffer Goods are new annual products developed collectively by Catherine Baum, or Baum, together with the Hoffer Woman and external guests. As a starting point, they take local histories and resources and their function and aesthetics are informed by past and current practices. Economatic School, 2011 to ongoing, is the result of a collaborative pan-European research program called Rhizoim, 2008 to 2011, and the organizers and partners include Atelier d'Architecture, Paris Mi Village Agency <laughs> Sheffield, Public Works London, FCDL, uh, Brezois, PS Belfast, and Platform Garanti in Istanbul. See also Chapter 11 in this volume. For more details, visit www.rhizome.net slash nomadic school slash <laughs> Great, so a lot of external resources to check out. You're so interested. And Hope you guys liked my accents there. Oh, very nice. Best. Very nice, Kaylee. Uh, part three. In figure 12.3, the homemade jams, knitwear, and newly developed collective products fill the stalls and counters of the International Village Shop, a translocal infrastructure. What does it even mean, translocal? Which instigates the production of new collective goods with rural communities alongside the setup of temporary and permanent trading posts. The shop and the public counter form the place where new and existing products from geographically and culturally dispersed rural communities meet. The Hoffer Frog Butter Spoon <laughs> Frog Butter Spoon That is all one word meets the new Fufu Bowl from the Ghana <laughs> From the Ghana village of Ekomfi Ekrafo, the Northern Irish caravan pot meets the Swiss Idinger eye, Russian hand broom meets Phrygian horse milk. Okay, so I guess translocal is like these very specifically local things coming together. <laughs> the international village shop has been set up as a joint initiative by My Villages, Public Works, Grizzadale Arts and Somewhere in 2007. The shop is now run by My Villages. 
for more details, see www.internationalvillageshop.net. I hope <laughs> like you guys are just... visiting all of these sites. <laughs> End of each paragraph. Yeah. I feel like this, this is, is an advertisement. <clears throat> the group photos are introductions to collectivities, which are linked to the production and exchange of goods and knowledge and the construction of new local and translocal public spaces. The constellation of each photo results from the focal activity of each project. Going picking slash company, learning slash eco-nomadic school, trading slash international village shop. As formats and concepts, they represent alterations of familiar spaces and or organizational forms such as a business, a school, or a shop. On their own, the images don't explain the social, geographical, and economic complexities that are going on beyond the photographic framing of a moment. Narrated, they offer detailed stories of why there are group photos of new collectivities and new public spaces. The group of drinks is made by a local community that doesn't reassemble the community from the same place who went picking 60 years ago. The original hot pickers were English working class communities and the groups in the black and white photos of the time consist mainly of females and their extended East End families. The new family of drinks not only represent, represents a dramatically changed local community, but also a different way of Thank meeting you. and working so together much. in the same spaces. The <laughs> That's alright. Yeah, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, do you guys want to order anything else? Or? Uh, are we sharing okay. all these fries yeah. or do I need to get my own? I think we're no, going to okay. share. Might have to get another, another set of fries? We'll keep one menu. One menu, sure. I think we're good and for now. We'll see if we yeah. finish that. Actually, can yeah. I grab some mayonnaise, please? Sorry? Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, yeah. Thank you. And maybe water. Water? <laughs> yeah, four waters. I don't know if you guys could just hear that amazing East Coast accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're for having waters, some fries. For waters. <laughs> where were we? Um, yes, yeah, so pardon that interruption, folks. So, where were we? Um, the new family brings not only represents a dramatically changed local community, but also a different way of meeting and working together in the same spaces, be it the farm or the neighborhood. The once important and often dominant family links are tentatively replaced by other links, interests, or desires, such as a longing for social situations, collective adventures, and shared productivity. The making, consuming, and trading of drinks both represent and facilitate changing collectivities. As both tangible and consumable goods, the drinks can be uh, just a simple commodity, but they can also be an agent for economic and cultural changes and the making of new public realms. The goods in the international village shop also play an ambivalent game between being a straightforward commodity, the embodiment of a particular collectiveness, as well as being a local product in an international network. Each good represents a particular rural locality while participating in the shaping of a new translocal cultural space. Locally, the actual collective development and making of the goods open up new spaces for collective reflection, invention, and action. Within the international trading network of the shop, the goods allow for new inter-rural neighborhoods on the shop counter, while at the same time presenting a culturally confident and ready-to-trade interface with Thank urban you. audiences. No I just gotta run downstairs for mayonnaise, so I'll be back no in a minute. The three projects are all medium to long-term ones and have their own reproductive elements and cycles. 
company is set up as an annual cycle of drinks production. It starts with the fruit growing season and intensifies during the trading season in late summer and autumn. The knowledge gathering and exchanging aspects of Hofer goods are linked to the, no the Economatic School, which has been touring a number of European local projects and partners since 2010, with regular partners providing a continuous growth of social relations and applicable knowledge and skills exchange. The International Village Shop is open-ended and functions through continuous production and trade across geographically dispersed local projects and temporary semi-permanent semi shop manifestations. We can uh, we can stop and maybe pick, pause. It, pick this back up in the green room later this Yeah, I think so. I think it's Thanks for listening here. and we'll be right back. Yeah, we'll continue drinking beers in the sun and then we'll continue recording. Alright, so we're back. Uh, it was getting a little busy on the patio, so we just decided to enjoy our beers. And now we are waiting for the ferry because we just missed it. We've got this nice chunk of time, perfect. Yeah, a little for... half hour. Yeah. And just in case anyone's aware, my mayonnaise never came for my french fries. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little dated about it. But Fiona is pissed. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to let it go and move on and enjoy this beautiful yeah, day. Yeah, like adults. Yes, okay. <laughs> So, anyways, so moving on to our next section, so localized collective production and products as embodiments. So production chains are often removed from everyday experiences and the actual making of things becomes a mystery, like architecture and the economy in general. The making of things is something that is done for us by others, leaving us with a single role at a single moment in time, that of consumer or user. Both in company and offer goods is the key... Is the key that poss what's happening? Okay, is the key that possibility and technicality of making something are deconstructed and made public. The different steps to reach a product are made accessible as activities to become involved in. From developing a brief for a product to preparing, processing, and packaging, the projects have their own cyclic and perpetual dynamic. Example: the company's production distribution distribution reinvesting chain is organized along the local growing season with large social events in the summer and autumn and quieter periods each winter. The different stages and moments of each project are collectivized by making them publicly accessible at any point so that the productive and reproductive activities become a generator of shared common space. The products are embodiments of a collective ambition and the trade allows for spatial extensions into a larger general public realm. The starting point for the new development in production of goods is always a community and in their environment as a localized, lived, and spatial reality. Community is, is a possibility, heterogeneous <laughs> group, which shares a link to one place. This could be the population of a village or a landscape, the staff of a factory, or the users of a community center. My village works with the local, in cultural terms, the making of a particular landscape and the actual current activities and interests in that place. We are interested in the fluidity and the ambiguity of what local means in regards to territory and identity and are, particular are particularly interested in the tangible closeness and... What does that say? 
Why would you hyphenate this word? <laughs> Immediacy. Immediacy? Those are reading skills after. The immediacy of local, Sorry. where narratives and everyday activities can be pinned down fairly precisely. The local as an actual social and spatial framework allows for self-positioning where ideas and possibilities can be tested in a here and now Local is often used as a strategic term to focus and at the same time ask questions about the place we work and live in. There is of course a dark side to the local, for example widespread tendencies to use it as an attribute that excludes newcomers or a general romanticization of a dead but well-remembered local culture, which therefore constitutes a resistance to recognizing the local as something in transition which can change radically. The local also carries restrictions in scale, and Greg Chardner in his 2012 book, No Local, stresses that fact that without a critical understanding of the internal drives a larger and often globally dominant system such as capitalism, and the potential for small-scale local initiatives remains limited. Besides the, besides the current euphoria when it comes to anything local, he hints towards a hidden pessimism potentially inherent in the concept of localism, which assumes that we cannot make fundamental change at his level. However, towards the end of his book, Schwarzer, whatever, refers to a Gibson Graham in his request to see capitalism as fragile so we can create politics with a new kind of dispersed collective action that does not depend upon the organized revolutionary agendas of more established radical points. All the projects presented here work towards the recognition of still existing or new public realms as the place where you can get involved in collective and communal endeavors and therefore in societal, economic, spatial, and political dynamics. In a recent interview, Camilla Shamsi defined public space as a place in any city in which everyone has the right to be present. A widely differing range of people come together in these spaces in which they must learn to share a quality Shamsi believes is one of the great virtues of public space. Catherine Sean Field's concept of public time is also important here and explains the necessity of having access to and being able to experience public in durational terms. Her argument is that time spent in public, this can be waiting for a bus, sitting on a train, walking up a street, allows us and forces us to understand ourselves in relation to others in the same place and she argues that the quality of society's public time reflects directly in current democratic state. Company, eco-nomadic school, and international village shop have and make different public times and use goods and products to pin the public down as something that has been collectively achieved and can be shared. Even though the collective action in the three projects structure themselves around cycles of reproduction, the actual and tangible outcomes play an important role. The moment when the product is presented and launched in public is very often the moment when the ambition to create new public spaces becomes clear. Company refers to a historic period when East London families, mainly women and children, would go hop-picking to Kent, with their involvement in production chain of beer making clearly being reproduced in two moments, the harvest of the hops and the consumption of the beer, mainly done by their male family members. The ambition of company parts of the drinks 
product chain accessible. From picking to bottling, trading, and making profits with different roles being on offer at different points. Here, the products, the actual drinks, represent their collective history and possibilities for new communal forms of production. And at the same time, they are also just commodities with a clear function to be bought because someone is thirsty and wants to have a drink or share one with others. (laughs) Sorry, seems a little obvious. The group photo of all the different drinks we made is important in its diversity and represents new possible social and productive constellations. The historic hip-hop picking photos... Whoa, hip-hop. (laughs) Hip-hop. Amazing. The historic hop-picking photos show extended use. Nice. Okay, cool background music going. This is real. This is gonna. I mean, it would have been more appropriate if it had been hip hop music, but. Fair enough. Sorry. The group photo of drinks we make now represents very different communal, but not family bound bonds and possibilities. The label and narrated stories of each drink explain who went picking and what, where, and how the production was carried out. Each drink's chain involves different groups of individuals who either came together through their mutual interest in the project, such as the former's hot pickers, individuals who join local foraging tours, or kids who drop in for the cola workshops, or those who have temporary bonds, such as the students of the local college or existing women's groups. In a similar way, with all products, the drinks are rooted in histories of manufacturing and the semiotics of the product itself are as an everyday object and usable item. The making of drinks, including beer, was for a long time a home-based process, which got outsourced to external manufacturers, small local breweries, which then grew in scale to industrial complexes and moved elsewhere. Dagenham, for example, is well known for its industrial heritage, with Ford cars being the most prominent, a fact that often overshadows the other industries that were first established and then grew large there including, among others, our White's Lemonade. Both the area's rural links, the area being farmland and market gardens, and its industrial heritage, with a wide range of manufacturing and employment, are still recognizable and important aspects of a local identity, but without any immediate function or opportunity, as land is not cultivated and the industries have moved away. The semiotics of the different drinks and their individual cultural meaning are something to be slowly revealed through the project as it continues. The Hoffer goods are not based on one product range, but vary in their outputs and refer in broader terms to the history and capacity of what most post-agricultural villages produce today in terms of goods and lived culture. In the case of Hoffen, it is the women who are involved in the invention and making of new product. The collective informing ourselves knowledge and skills exchange is also part of the Economatic School, a translocal and pan-national product. In workshops and seminars, we address questions of rural women's economies, traditional forms of labor, and local and regional production and manufacturing facilities. The product development process starts with an open question, and the product can be anything. The products have been made 
since 2006 range from frog butter spoons. <laughs> Wait, what do we think that that is? Oh, somebody needs to Google search frog butter spoons. Fiona, you're on it. Tinned clay, also interesting, to machine-made lace. The produced objects are key to the project, and while wordings like product and good reflect their everydayness, the objects also become actors, and as Latour describes, it, as soon as we, f- we allow non-human objects to enter the collective in the form of new entities with uncertain boundaries, entities that hesitate, quake, and induce perplexity, it is not hard to see that we can grant them the designation of actors. And if we take the term association literally, there's no reason either not to grant them the designation of social actors. If the relations between things stand in for relations between people, then the objects are non-human participants. The goods themselves bring their socialities and networks of dependence into visibility, creating conditions where the politics behind the journeys can be revealed. So look up the definition okay well uh frog butter spoon did not match any documents on google just an fyi i don't think i've ever had (laughs) so can we just take a quick moment to think about what a frog butter spoon is anyone any guesses there's nothing on the internet about frog butter spoons did not match any documents frog butter spoon very small spoon. Very but... small spoons, maybe? Yeah, maybe, like, for little bits of butter. But why yeah. would you need a spoon for butter? You need a little life. I don't know why it would be called a frog butter spoon, though. I don't know. Maybe if... a different material? Wood? They would. Maybe it's made out of Where are you getting wood from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where does like, a wood spoon? Interesting. Well, if anyone finds out what a frog butter spoon is, you should all invite us. Yeah. Fiona, would you like to continue well, yeah. about oh, network? There, there is a recipe yeah, here for butter fragranced frog legs. I think that's different. I think that's different. <laughs> Maybe it's something that you eat frogs Where did you with. finish? Oh, here. Okay. All right, moving on to our next section. So, networked activities and the architectural. Okay. Ooh, architecture. So, little, uh, <laughs> little quote here. We need to place what we know within a structure, which in turn enables us to make sense of our knowledge. Um, O'Neill, 2006, 12. Uh, All social structures have spatial conditions and the making of new relationships will shape new spaces. The relationships made through the collective and productive enterprises of the projects described here weave spatial realities between the often very different places in use. They link parks to community centers, farms to a soda workshop, a training kitchen to a playground, a factory to a coffee table, a local archive to a hop garden, slowly revealing the three new community buildings in their making, the shop, the school, the company. These structures or architectures need to be more foregrounded within the general current cultural discourse of um, relational practices, which often focuses on the socio-geographical or the socio-political rather than the actual physical spatialities and qualities. These spatialities in use are rarely uh, confined to one place or building. They are often uh, complicated, spreading across places and times experienced by individuals or groups on and offline. 
There are multiple and messy spatialities which constitute our everyday experience and which we travel through in very fluid ways, moving from private social space to public online, from intimate public to professional private, and so on. However, when it comes to describing the everyday use of space, our language seems much more limited than the realities we experience. The, we mainly rely on terms which refer to the static and the built, such as the square, the school, the mall, the park, the corner, the office, and so on, rather than temporary, temporary realms which often, with often unclear boundaries. It's in this limitation in readily available language paired with a general shift towards a global culture where mobility, connectivity, and dispersed sociabilities dominate, which Lane Relly addresses in his 2013 book, Your Everyday Art World. Here he reflects on a general loss of the architectural, which he regards as a danger to further uh, lose control. Um, over one's own means. For example, the shift from production to project, which characterizes the current art world, also means that the figure of the network begins to appear less like the defiance and more like the latest answer to capitalism's constant need to overcome and reinvent itself. The question he poses is how current cultural practice and so socially engaged art in particular can remain critical and engaged without being swallowed up by what has become a general global socio-cultural phenomena following the dynamics of digitization, globalization, and neoliberalism where everyone becomes the ever more spread out, decentered actor or omnivore, as Rayleigh puts it, and networked society where everyone can adapt supposedly active relations to production and the imposed concept of the pro-summer market marketer speaker for professional or producely consumers dilutes any self-driven collectivity he also points to the danger that the current project might be too determined and embedded within purely social flows and networks and shifts away from the architectonic which to a certain degree is crucial in achieving the practicing collectivity the understanding of collective space is essentially an understanding collectivity which in more than just a group of people but a group of a group that does something together in a place at a time to be to become aware use and adapt surrounding and remaining public spaces and facilities or make them temporarily public is structural to the projects described in this chapter they are practiced counteraction to Rayleigh's warning of a loss of the architectonic the use of space is the immediacy tang tangible element even though the actions start with social relations to declare the social cultural and economic actions in our projects and uh, projects and act of making architecture or making architecture is a political and suggests collective constructions which adapt the realities of types of buildings that are familiar to us the shop the school the company to explore and practice alternatives so i believe a frog butter spoon sorry yes i have to take it a few steps back so i think it's a spoon for frog butter and there's a fable here about frog butter um which i think is relevant to studying architecture it's called the fable of three frogs in the fable three frogs fell into a bucket of cream Two of the frogs just clung to the side and gave up. But one frog kept paddling away in the cream. 
He kept trying and trying. He wouldn't give up. Well, he paddled so much that he turned the cream into butter. Then he hopped out. We decided to make frog butter in our classroom, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, essentially, if you just keep Very going, you might achieve butter. We've, uh, we've done that at home before. Yeah. We've turned cream into butter. I did that butter. link right like, yeah, not, 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 <laughs> no, no. not with frogs. Just, no, it has to be not. Let them paddle cast. away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just but a P.S. Frogs. You guys are fairies here. Yeah, so, so we might need to pause this and pick up part three. Part three. After the, the, uh, after the frog butter. We're at three... Okay, round three. Here we we're, go. We're behind the library. I think this is the spot. This is the good podcasting outdoor spot. We'll finish here. For the we'll finish. We'll get it done. Kaylee, this take it away. One. This is the shop. And the shop can be many things. Or school or company. Takes away the polarizing and inherent hierarchical nature of existing formats and buildings. And makes it explicit that they are formats to play with and adapt from different directions and adapt to many contexts and goals. Since most public or publicly accessible structures are being more and more defined by capitalist economic thinking, an adaptation of these structures also means imagining and reintroducing other economic concepts. This goes hand in hand with Gibson Graham's call for more international, oh sorry, more intentional economic activities where non-capitalistic imaginaries can come to live and be practiced in order to confront, change, or reorganize capitalist social relations. Space itself remains, however, immediately accessible for private or public use. And it has always been an urgent question to ask who is going to shape our lived spaces. Space remains the location where we, where we culture our everyday. And if we only use it to do remote socializing via social media, then it becomes one type of space. One where we, we rely on means produced by others to function. How can we regain capacity? By simply using it and by extending and tactically adapting the user formats, which are normally suggested to us by the dominant capitalist urban planning, such as, for example, the flaneur or coffee shop user who frequents the urban plazas, or the shopper consumer who flow across retail and cultural offers. To become aware, the use and adaptation of the surrounding and remaining public spaces and facilities or making them temporary, pu temporarily public, are structural to the projects described in this chapter. Company set out to shape a new productive public realm which combines collective action driven by a desire to socialize with an economic cy cycle of production and trade. The word company carries this triple meaning already and combines the social, spatial, and economic. It signifies a commercial business and its premises at the same time, the condition of being with others, to temporarily relocate to the Kent countryside without their husbands not only allowed the women during the hot-picking years to take on different roles, money earner, independent role makers. It also provided one of the few income opportunities for women at the time. I use the company project as an example here, as it is set up as a cycle of various activities with the aim of reproducing a possibility for good company, but also of growing into a business and commercial enterprise. It roots itself in the history of going hot-picking en masse, which was more than just an economic activity born out of sheer necessity. The scale... Sheer necessity for drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> we all can relate. One of the, the fundamental, <laughs> fundamental activities of life. <laughs> human need, human right. Beer. 
The scale and reminiscence of hop picking times carry many narratives that go beyond its primary function, which was to provide temporary labor for hop farms and therefore the production of beer, external gain. It seemed to carry a second, more internal function, which was to give the working class the opportunity to spend time together away in the countryside, an activity normally reserved for the middle and upper classes, while also making some money. Or, as one of the former hop pickers recalls, it wasn't just about the money, but about being in good company. Miranda Pope, in her essay on company, points towards Foucault and what he calls subjugated knowledge, a set of knowledge insufficiently elaborated. Understood in this way, going picking created social situations that generated knowledge around a set of subjectivities not normally taken into account with the economic cycle of production. In this specific case, the knowledge generated by the working class through the process of company, including workshops, talks, visits, picking, and making, participants reminiscing about the hopping days often revealed a longing for a different being together and making together. It has been deeply touching to meet so many people who have been hop picking. The ways they express what they liked about it suggests that it is much more emotional, emotional and complex and close to a basic human desire as words like working holiday, summer in the fields, some extra money, or good fun would describe. <laughs> I like this. I like this too. <laughs> I'm not totally sure what's going on. But no. very, very appropriate that we chose to go beer drinking when we didn't even know what this article was about. I enjoy this. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I, have you guys done seasonal work before? No. No? I wish. I mean, I don't know. I did like little Are you a berry picker? Uh... Yes, or did you actually, go and trim in California? Or, no, I considered that because uh, after organic farming, there's like some organic farmers who like go trim. And would you consider it good fun? Like trimming? Well, I didn't do that. Well, but any like seasonal work. Kind of. I don't know. There's just you this deserve nice. Deserve that beer at the end of the day. Yeah, well, or like the swim. Yeah, like, yeah. and there's something nice about being sort of I feel tied, like planting always tied to the season. Sounds like that to the. I always yeah. wanted to go planting, even though it was yeah. this grueling activity. I felt like I kind of missed out on this. It's the camaraderie of like thing. not being able to feel your toes at the yeah. end of the day because of the hard work that you put in together. You're yeah. So yeah. tired, and you just like sleep well, and you can yeah. swim and drink all totally. your morning. Yeah, there's a bit of that in farming, not as much. Yeah. Maybe because you go home at the end of the day, or at least where I was working at five. It's like today when we were visiting the tennis courts in Dartmouth and they were all hammering down the lines. They looked like they were having the best time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Maybe not Jane, but. Jane! Jane. <laughs> uh, you can all ask us about Jane. She's she's character. Sweetheart. Anyway, so Richard Sennett talks about the capacity for cooperation, which he sees as embedded in human nature, as something we need to craft in order to prosper in social and societal terms. Without wanting to over-romanticize the hot-picking days, it is clear that something in the collective memory is carried forward with a longing, and subsequently, so is the desire to create it, or recreate situations for this collective experience to exist and develop again. What is interesting about the surviving memories is that they hint towards a social, towards a special collectiveness brought to life through these annual trips, which is closely linked to an existing working class culture, but at the same time seems to extend it further. 
Memory, many remember it as a time capsule with other rules, a temporary matriarchal society with freedom to roam for the children. One man talked about a certain autonomy which he embraced. Another woman spoke about camaraderie, fun, and freedom. Bev Skeggs, in her talk, Value Beyond Values, quotes David Graeber as saying that there's a certain communism of the senses at the root of most things we consider fun. Relia's term essentializing culture instead of subjectifying or deconstructing it might be useful here, and company is trying to reconnect to what was good company during the hot-picking days by organizing and facilitating collective and productive moments, such as going picking, making drinks, sharing stories. Company links a broadly positive collective-slash-group experience from the past, hot-picking, and explores its particular positive qualities and values, allowing them to be reproduced as a social and economic reality in today's circumstances. My own longing for collective structures and public spaces doesn't necessarily come from a social longing, from not wanting to be alone, but from an appreciation of the fact that a certain everyday togetherness has power which needs to be recognized in order to also make it an emancipatory or political force. I enjoy self-organized collective situations as the opposite of imposed collectivities, which shift everyday productive or reproductive labor, such as cooking, preparing food, picking, washing, cleaning, from a purely private event to something public. The company, shop, and school described in this text demarcate the public realms for this. They are structures under construction with many access routes and low thresholds. Their maintenance is high and should be, since they are structures of long-term future investment built with the communal and collective values we managed to bring together. Oh, yay, yay. We're done. So that concludes the first reading, Trade is Architecture. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot of architecture in, in that, but maybe it'll set up some ideas for like the up- like coming like readings. how communities are developed and mm-hmm. how like those how you take those things into consideration when you actually are building something. Yeah. So thanks. Sort for... of social integration yeah, issues. Yeah, there you go. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Community. Community. Good stuff. Um, thanks for you guys contributing our lovely guest lectures. Yeah, loved being here. Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm great. sorry that Travis couldn't be here for a first reading. Hopefully he was okay with us doing this. I didn't really consult with him, but. <laughs> sure that's cool. Happy Mother's Day to yeah. all the moms out there. Moms yeah. out there. <laughs> phone your moms. Remember to if phone you your haven't moms. already. Send flowers. Yeah, you all have already. Mm-hmm. Have a beer. <laughs> have a beer with your mom. With or without your mom. I'm gonna go and have a beer with my mom. Mother's yeah. Day brunch. Oh, yeah. yeah, tonight. Uh, Are you guys going out? We're going out. Yeah, nice. going out on Convinced the town. Convinced your father. I don't know if dad's coming, but oh, no. we'll see. That's fine. Whatever. He's not yeah. relevant. Not today. important. <laughs> <laughs> it's mom's um, day go, for a reason. Go hop picking with your mom. And check it's out. not the yeah. season, but that sounds like a lovely activity. Yeah. Do we grow hops in Nova Scotia? Oh, yeah. You oh, can yeah. grow. BC hops has really is, good like, growing. really easy uh, to grow. Yeah. Hop, yeah, BC's growing. getting all over the hops. Have you ever grown any hops? I have grown hops, okay, actually. Okay, I'm yeah, glad I asked. Yeah, when I was a community garden coordinator, oh. uh, I planted some hops. Where was this? This is at Uvic. Very cool. <laughs> Did you make beer with said hops? Um, not with that hops, but I have made beer before. 
Yeah. Not with hops that grow. It's quite a process getting it from plant to actually going into the beer, isn't it? Like you have to dry them and mm-hmm. not or... necessarily. There's like like the wet hopped beers, which oh, are like yeah, super yeah. hoppy usually. I think, I think we should all start hop growing hops. hop growing together growing and hops. then we can have a liquid lounge brew. That would have... be fun. Anyone have beer making equipment? Uh, no. Probably no, Travis. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. Maybe Travis. Charlie I has bet my wine. roommate could hook us up. Oh no, does Charlie have wine? I'm making yeah, kombucha right now. Ooh. Yeah, me too. Um, wow. Oh, what are you making? No, I can't. Wow. Um, some models. <laughs> <laughs> nice roast chicken. It's the only thing I've been making in the last year. Models are good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Stay tuned. I think Travis and I will try to do the rest of the readings tomorrow. So, all right. Okay, stay tuned, Bye. y'all. Killing it. Signing out. Bye. Bye.